In 2020, I made a new plant friend in fellow planty podcaster, Cola, from the Black in the Garden podcast, when she joined us on Blooming Girl Radio for an interesting conversation about historical Black plant people and favorite plants that originated in Africa. Back then, Cola was just a baby podcaster, starting her journey to creating an amazing brand that has really blown up in the last couple of years, and she created a space for so many people to feel seen within the plant community. Since it's been a few years, I thought it was about time to have Cola come back on the show to catch up and explore a concept that she'll be tackling on her next season of Black in the Garden, the past, present, and future of Black people in horticulture, and just give us an all-around update. I am having so much fun having so many podcasters on the show this season, as they never disappoint, and neither does Cola. So, plant friends, welcome to episode 146 of Blue Mangrove Radio. Plant friends, welcome back to Bloom and Grow Radio. I hope you have had beautifully planty weeks as per usual. I am nestled in the Catskills still with Billy. It is snowing every day and I've never been more thankful for my tropical plants to give me some tropical vibes while it's been routinely under 20 degrees. <laughs> oh, you gotta live upstate New York. Um, my plants aren't thrilled. They're not loving the winter, but they're hanging in there. Oh my gosh, plan friends, if you enjoyed the wedding series that I had, um, I put a unboxing of the most amazing planty aspect of my wedding on YouTube last week I wanted to let you know about. I worked with flower preservation artist Lush Magnolia. She took my wedding bouquet and transformed it into amazing home decor items like coasters, bookends. She even turned my bouquet into a freaking purse. It's so cool. You really have to see it to believe it though. So if you're interested in what flower preservation looks like, you can head over to the YouTube channel to check out that unboxing video and shout out to Stephanie at Lush Magnolia who did the most amazing job preserving my wedding flowers. I can't wait to gift the service to friends who I have getting married in the coming years. Now to the main feature. I'm so excited to have Cola from the Black in the Garden podcast back on the show today for another heart-opening conversation. I love this woman. We always have such deep conversations offline, and it's so fun to have another one online for you guys today. I really will never forget in 2020 that moment when Cola came on the podcast and she shared her experience as a Black woman never seeing herself reflected in the color of the skin of garden accessories. Like garden gnomes and garden fairies, they were all white, except for this one black garden gnome at Target, which she called Jerome the Gnome. We later discussed that in this episode, so I won't dive in. But how important seeing that representation was to her. And it really opened my eyes to things that I've been able to take for granted as someone who definitely is able to see myself reflected in the gardening industry. And Cola's making space for that with her podcast. And so much has happened with Black in the Garden over the last two years, we have such a fun conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. So let's dive right in. Here's Cola. Cola, welcome back to Bloom and Grow Radio. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. So much growth has happened since I last joined you. Yes. I can't believe, I mean, I guess it's been two years. That's wild. Has it? Well, you came on in March 2020. So yeah, a little under two years. Let's call it two, right as well. So Cola, we have talked a lot offline and you and I have had so many interesting parallels in our plant collections, in our personal lives, and in the growth of both of our podcasts and our business. So I want to dive in to that in reflecting on our past. But before that, for those who might have not heard you on Bloom and Grow Radio two years ago, do you just want to give a brief introduction of what Black in the Garden is and why you felt it was important to bring this podcast to the gardening space? Sure. Yes. For those of you who are catching up, welcome, Soil Cousins. That is what I call all of my supporters and just people under the sound of my voice. So, hey, Soil Cousin, I am Cola B. Talkin, the hostess with the mostest of the Black in the Garden podcast. And it is a podcast that exists specifically to highlight Black voices and Black people and Black events and history in surrounding Black people with plants, Black people in horticulture, if you will. And as I've grown, I've come to like get more specific about exactly what the mission is. So it's emphasizing the past, present, and history of Black people with plants or in horticulture, if you will. So that is what Black in the Garden 
does and what it's about. And I started it because I did not really see that that was an audience that was being spoken to in the podcasting world, uh, specifically regarding what I was hearing in the podcasting space in the gardening niche or the growing of whatever. But botanically, the Black voice was not heard. And so I knew that I wanted to be heard. And I am a student of broadcasting over my entire life. And I am a lover of plants. I had been a lover of plants for a few years before. And I just merged my two greatest passions. And that is Black in the Garden. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Cola, because it's fun. I mean, you were a little baby podcaster when you were on the show two years ago, and we've kept in touch over the last two years. And it has been inspiring for me, someone who was in the podcasting space before you to see how bravely and wholly and vulnerably you've shown up for your community and really advocated for them. And you've just blown up. Man, it's been so fun seeing your socials, seeing the unbelievable art you've been creating that celebrates all of your guests. This book that we're going to talk about in, you know, in the future portion of this interview. But yeah, what you've done in the last two years has been really, really impressive. So congratulations. Thank you. And so before we dive into more business stuff, because we'll have a little business plant entrepreneur chat later in this conversation, we've got to talk about our plant and personal parallels. Please. It's been a wild year, wild two years for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) We've touched base throughout the, the last two years. And, you know, one of us will share something with the other and the other person goes, wait, me too. (laughs) It's actually kind of creepy. It's like, what's going on here? How are we living such parallel experiences? So yeah, I I know like when we were getting ready for this episode, I was like, the parallels are, we have to unpack it because they can be inspirational and helpful to everyone who's listening to this. You know, people need this inspiration now more than ever. Absolutely. So why don't we start with our home situation? Because I think both of us experienced so many moves in the last two years. And because of that, our plant collections have changed. And I think it's been really interesting for me, at least to identify as a certain type of plant parent with a certain type of amount of plants and then have that kind of change. Yeah. What has that looked like for you? How has your plant collection changed? How has your experience as a plant parent changed over the last couple of years with with the transitions? Tremendously. Everything that has happened with me, having been domestically in flux or in transition or just moving a whole gang of times, (laughs) it as a plant parent, especially if you are actively collecting, that is going to have an impact. You, It can't not. And from the very beginning, when I first started collecting, going through that phase, let's call it like your plant boom. I never gave it a name, but let's, you know, I like to make stuff up. Yes. So, <laughs> when I experienced my plant boom, that initial like, oh my God, I can't get enough of this. I don't remember how many I had, but I know it was at least 70. I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. And like I said, my first plant collection starting in Florida. So plants were easy to come by, you know, not just from the store, but from wherever I could find them. And I mean, wherever, because that's where I was going. And I had this huge collection, loved them, of course, because that was, you know, the height when you first, that plant boom is, is significant. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So That happened and I got into that groove and then uh, things changed and we had to move. The lease ended and my life changed in a very significant way because I have a history, a past life, as I call it, as a trucker. And I had not done that for at least five years. And at the time when I needed to move, the transition was including me going back into the trucking industry. But as far as the plants go, I had to get rid of all of them because we were moving from Florida to New Jersey and it was October. And this was a whole different time. This is like, I'm divorced now, but I was married at that time. And so that happened, moved there and 
didn't have plants and then moved to Atlanta and started collecting again and started gardening and let's see, left Atlanta. And there was a bunch of moves between Atlanta and where I am now. And even just in the past few years, since I first came on Bloom and Grow, just moving a lot because the thing about the post-divorce, the post-separation and the time in between that and actual divorce, for me, like for some people, it's not as transitional as others. And when I say transitional, that's a very loaded word. I'm going to try to unpack it to the best of my ability without you know, going into too much detail. But for me, it was having to start really like over, especially having my credit be affected very negatively and having a difficult time with just sourcing housing. So, you know, that's in trying to go from place to place and have a plant collection or even being somewhere. Because unfortunately, when I first moved from the transitional place that I was, well, how do I put this? So immediately in the, in the wake of separation, I moved somewhere where I was assuming that I would be able to settle. And that turned out to not be the case, unfortunately. So having to figure out how to transition was enough, but then transitioning with plants was like, oh man, you know, it's, we, we have such a very specific and personal connection to our plants because of what they give to us that being in flux and then having to readjust with our plant babies that's what I was experiencing. And it was shitty. Okay. I didn't like that, but I persevered. And uh, there was one plant in particular that I had the entire time. It was an alocasia regal shield. That's impressive that it made, that it made all of those transitions. Cause that's yes. not a very hardy plant. I, it's, I would say that it's hardy just because of how yeah. it rode this through so much with me. Mm-hmm. And that plant mm-hmm. has literally lived in more than five cities. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) And that's a lot of people can't even say that they lived in more than five cities. So shout out to Alocasia Regal Shields. Shout out. Okay. That's amazing. You'll have to send me a photo. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. So just coming up to most recently, even with last year in 2021 and feeling like, okay, I'm in a space. I signed a year lease somehow abruptly that ended. And I was just like, wow, this is, okay, forget it. I'm going to find another way to exist until I figure out how I can get better sense of the permanence, the, the structure that I would like. But in this case, I was able to do something that I wasn't able to do in past moves, which was have a plant sitter. So my good friend, uh, Ashley, who is also an eco-activist and, you know, influencer in that space, who I'm very proud of, she came on Black in the Garden as my first guest on season two. And, you know, you know how it goes when you have a podcast guest. Sometimes they just become friends. (laughs) Sometimes they become your friends, your real life friends. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful because it's a it is a kind of unspoken perk to this job. So uh, that perk also included plant sitting benefits. I said, Ashley, listen, I need your support in this way. Can you help me out? And she was excited to do it. And that's where my plants are currently. So I don't even at this moment have access to my plants, but I, they're with a trusted friend and I know that they're being well taken care of and they're, they got good light. Have you had the urge to learn a new language lately, plant friend? Maybe for an international trip, to connect with family or friends, or just to take up a new skill and exercise your mind a little bit? Io consiglio Rosetta Stone, which means I recommend Rosetta Stone in Italian as I just use it to brush up my Italian for a recent trip I took to Italy. Here's why I trusted Rosetta Stone with the task. They have been teaching millions of people to learn languages for 30 years and have 25 languages offered. The work on the app is fast. There's no messing around. 
there's no English translations, you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language that you're learning. And the exercises are so fun and convenient. I would do it in the morning after I woke up with my coffee as a way to kind of wake up my body, wake up my brain. It was so fun. It's available on desktop or an app, so it's super convenient. One of the coolest things I was the most impressed by is the true accent feature that they have, which listens to you practicing and literally gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it almost kind of feels like you have a personal tutor for a price that's way cheaper than a tutor. And you get a lifetime membership, which gives you access to all 25 languages, which is amazing. So last year I used it to brush up on my Italian, but this year Billy and I are talking about going to Japan and we were thinking that we might use Rosetta Stone to learn Japanese. With one purchase, you get lifetime access to all the languages you could ever want to learn. And right now, Rosetta Stone is being offered to you for 50% off. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started with this limited time discount for Growing Joy with Plants listeners. You can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And it's so interesting. I haven't had as extreme of an experience as you. I don't want to say that I, you know, but at the same time, I remember us having a conversation. We both had last summer, we thought we were living long-term in homes and we had both executed garden plans for the summer for our own gardens. And then both of our housing fell through and we were unable to do the garden and it was devastating. I think though we both pivoted and, you know, it was very interesting for me, a friendship with, when you say leaning on friends, I had connected with a local retired gardener who I ended up gardening with. And that became like a beautiful friendship that kind of changed my life. So I do feel like everything happens for a reason. It's really interesting how emotionally attached we get to our plants and what lessons are to be learned when we're removed from them. You know, like, even if you don't have your plants right now, your life is obviously so influenced and affected by them. And I can imagine that you've probably have so many lessons from those plants that are kind of helping you persevere. You're such a, you know, resilient, you're a hardy plant. You are a resilient, hardy plant. You. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And at the same time, and this is me speaking specifically as a black woman, it can be shitty to earn the title of being resilient because that is an implication of the fact that you went through a lot of adversity. You persevered through it, but you had to go through it. And for me, you know, I, I don't have regrets. You know, I, I wouldn't say that I would like to do it again. I would not say that, but I am proud of myself for persevering in the way that I have and being that hardy plant that I have. And one of the things that I definitely want to highlight that I did as a way of pivoting once, especially uh, in the last few months when I realized, you know what, you're going to have to, you know, give them to the plant sitter and go out there and explore. And, you know, I was promoting my coloring book. I know we're going to get to that. But while doing that, I got to go up the East Coast and visit a bunch of botanical gardens. And so it was it was still good because I was like, now I, for the first time since I started Black in the Garden, I got to truly embody that title of being Black in the Garden and being in botanical gardens. And so in 2021, I was able to visit 10 botanical gardens in, you know, several different states. And I was like, wow, yeah. So, you know, of course, as a content creator, because you got to be a content creator if you're podcasting and you want people to be engaging with what you do and building community around it. So it it was great for that to have a stack of content now. (laughs) Totally. We were joking offline too. We have like a whole phone roll of all these like videos and photos that like neither of us have had time to post on social media. What's your account looking like in your camera roll? Like how many photos do I yeah. have? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like a bil- billion, million. Okay. That sounds about right. Uh, I, for me, what does yours look like? <laughs> I, I want to say maybe about 4,000. Yeah. And like four of them, I feel like I've gotten around to posting on social media this year. It's been so bad. It is I need what to it get is. on top of that. We'll get to it. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. 
but there it is, right? You pruned back one area and it instigated growth in another area for you to travel. I love how you put that because that's exactly what it was. And I'm glad that you say that so much because the thing that was helping me get through with as as much transitioning as I've had to do was this concept of knowing that life is not happening to me, but rather things are happening for me. And so the goal that I prioritize is to, rather than sulk in the shittiness of the, oh no, now I got to do this or that fell through, rather than getting attached to that frustration and that disappointment, getting attached to focusing on finding what the opportunity is in front of me because I'm going forward. So that means whatever it is, it's in front of me. Something is happening for me, but my perspective has to be open to seeking out the opportunity because the opportunity is all, there's always an opportunity. That's how I see it. But I want whoever needs to hear this to, to really feel that and to soak that in. That's so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. There's always an opportunity for positivity. It can be really hard, but you always, I feel like, you know, there's always a choice. There's always a choice because I was, you know, going back to that time where, you know, like you, I thought that I was going to be able to cultivate this beautiful garden. I had these two raised beds that I had set up, but um, in, in the situation that I was in, I was just like, I started to notice how as much as I was trying to get it set up, every time I tried to implement the next phase, the inspiration was just being sucked out of me because of the, basically the landlord was kind of not really for it, but instead of Mm -hmm. coming out and saying, I don't think you should do this on my space was giving me a lot of grief about it. And so that affected me because you can feel the resistance, even if it's not specifically said, you can feel the resistance. And because every time I tried to put in like a trellis or something like that. Oh, it's too high. Or I want to grow watermelons. Well, that's going to take up too much space. And so every time it just chipped away, it ate away at my vigor and my excitement for it because I want to do it the way I want to do it. I had a vision in my mind and having someone else have any kind of not control, but like having, I guess, control over it. It really, it it affects how you're able to do what you want to do. And we, we want to bloom and grow. <laughs> we want to bloom and grow and we want to have fun doing it. And I think, you know, a huge lesson learned in 2021 and 2020 is if it's not bringing you joy, then why the hell are you doing it? And especially so. with plants, yeah, you know, plants, I think our whole community goes to plants to find refuge, to find joy, to find stillness, to find that emotional thing that serves us. And if all of a sudden your plant collection is bringing you stress, then what are you doing? Right. You've got to make a change and you can't just feel stuck with whatever version of yourself you were last year, right? Like it's okay to change and grow the way our plants do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I loved the update. Thank you so much for how vulnerable you just were with sharing. I think a lot of people can really resonate with that. So thank you. I want to also in this section where we're exploring the past, Mm -hmm. talk to you about who your most inspirational Black figures, Black gardeners who have inspired you from their stories uh, that I know you talk about so much on your podcast. I do. And so I want to emphasize someone who has inspired me tremendously for, um, what I'm getting ready to do this year, what I I should be doing by the time you hear this. Um, so this is an ancestor. This is a historical figure. Uh, she actually passed in 2011. Uh, her name is Wangari Matai. I did mention her on an episode of Black in the Garden, but I'm definitely going to put together an entire episode where I'm talking about her and I can spell her name. I hope that I'm saying it right because sometimes I, I'm not the best at it, but it's W-A-N-G-A-R-I and her last name M-A-A-T-H-A-I. 
And so she is a, she was a Kenyan woman and she was very much like someone who was passionate about and lived her life to implement change for the positive. She cared about women having rights in, you know, where she lived in Africa. And um, the first African woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. So noteworthy off the top, but her most noteworthy accomplishment was implementing the planting of a million trees. So how can you not be excited about that? So for me, what happened most recently and what is being implemented and and, and will be in the works by the time you hear this is me myself going out and taking the initiative to plant a tree in every state, just off of the strength of being inspired by someone like that and knowing that it's been done. You know, I mean, I'm doing something that's just a little bit different and and it's, you know, for the reasons that I'm doing it, but the inspiration is certainly there. The way that I found out about her, it kind of stems from, it reminds me of the first conversation that we had where we discussed historic Black figures. uh, And I like to call it botanical Black history, right? So Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started to look for botanical Black history figures specifically. And I pretty much wore Auntie Google out. I was not able to, (laughs) I wasn't satisfied with what I was getting from the internet searches. So I took my ass down to the library. And that's when I was just like, wow, yeah, I'm really, you know, I got to go and find this. But at the same time, the frustration came around knowing that this kind of history, this kind of fact finding or this kind of facts, it wasn't readily available. Meaning that, you know, if I have to go and dig for information, then that means that that information is not, if I'm going to go dig for it because I have an interest as a podcaster and I want to be able to speak on the facts, then what is the average person who is only going to take a few minutes to go and look it up they're not going to find it. And maybe they'll just kind of assume that it's just not a thing. But what it opened me up to was the diaspora. And so I don't want to give the wrong definition of the term, but the way that I think about the diaspora is very simply in reference to Black people specifically. It's this Black people in every part of the world. That's how I think about the diaspora. And so when I was considering Black historical figures in any sense. And when I think about, you know, the celebration or engage in the celebration of Black history and the observance of Black history events and figures, it's very American-centric. And so um, in tapping into the diaspora and recognizing, well, Black people are all over the world, so they're making history everywhere. So let's go and expand the search. And that is how I found out about Wangari. And I was like, yes, this is someone whose life and their purpose and their passion and their mission is resonating with me. So I encourage everyone to go in and find out more about her and get inspired and see how you can also uh, grow some trees. I love that. So where did you end up finding, did you find a specific book about her that you would recommend, or did you find threads of her in several different books? Like how did you piece together this information? You know, I'm a student of the YouTube university. So I just went and I found videos because I wanted to see her in action and see what she was doing. And so what I'll do, you know, it'll be in the episode notes. I know how you how you have all the information compiled. So I'll make sure that I get that to you so that I can provide that reference that'll make it easier for everyone Perfect. to tap in. And also, I know that as we do this interview, you're currently in the stages of putting together this vision that you've had for planting trees. So yeah. by the time this episode airs in February, we'll also, you'll probably have an announcement on how you're doing this and we'll include that in the show notes as well, or whenever Perfect. we'll provide updates, whenever there's an update, we'll stick it in the show notes for people who find this after, exactly. after it airs. Because I mean, I want to say so much about it, but I want to, you know, give it the space that it needs so that it can be properly planned. So planned and planted. I love that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. 
thank you to our sponsors today, Territorial Seed Company and Espoma Organic. We are well into seed starting season now. And if you are excited to get growing the season, you've got to check out Territorial Seed Company. Territorial Seed Company has an amazing array of seeds and plants that are known for being hardy, vigorous, and productive. We all know that I started seeds with them last year, and I had so much fun growing the most interesting varieties of cherry tomatoes. But they also offer a wide array of seedlings that you can buy that get shipped straight to your door. They have so many different options for ways for you to get growing easily and immediately. And they have some really exciting new additions to their lineup in 2021. So for our indoor growers, they just released their kitchen counter collection, which is a selection of vegetables specifically bred to grow and produce in small spaces and for lower light. So for those of us who might want to try growing food indoors or on maybe small balconies, this is the perfect option for you. They have the most adorable micro dwarf tomato and pepper seeds and pepper plants that you could grow in only four six inch pots. And if you're an outdoor gardener who's maybe looking for a new type of tomato to grow, they just introduced an epically interesting indeterminate tomato called the purple zebra tomato, which has green and red stripes and is apparently one of the most delicious tomatoes they've introduced to their line yet. And with over 40 years of experience, you know that you can trust what they're talking about. So Territorial Seed is offering an exclusive discount for listeners of Bloom and Grow Radio, use the code GROW10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Once again, that's code GROW10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. You can order now on territorialseed.com. Plan friends, it's no secret that I love and use Espoma Organics products. Espoma Organics is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to making safe indoor and outdoor gardening products for people, pets, and the planet. So if you're prepping your gardening season this year, they have everything you need from high quality seed starting mix. You got to get those seeds started if you haven't already to potting mixes, to garden soil and compost, whether you're growing in raised beds, whether you're growing in the ground, they've got garden soil and compost for you and all the fertilizers you need to continue using throughout the growing season. And if you're growing house plants, they've got every type of mix you could ever imagine for the different types of plants that you grow from cacti mix to African violet mix to orchid bark mix, even bonsai mix. So whatever you're growing, they probably have the mix for you or mixes and amendments that you can mix and match to your perfectly suited desires. And not only does Espoma have amazing organic products, but their manufacturing facilities are 100% solar powered and they use bio-preferred packaging. So to learn more about their organic indoor and outdoor products, visit espoma.com to see where your local Espoma dealers are, or click the link below to go to the Bloom and Grow Espoma Amazon storefront to see my favorite picks. Okay, here's Cola. So let's move to the present. One question I had for you we talked two years ago, something that really moved me was talking about your experience of garden gnomes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask, how's Nomi doing? If you could kind of fill listeners in who maybe not, didn't hear that story. And how do you feel? Has there been progress over the last two years into the present in inclusivity in the gardening space? Yeah, so um, Jerome is the the gnome's name. Jerome the garden gnome. Am I calling him Nomi? Oopsies. Okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. Everybody yeah. knows now. We're we're all caught up. Jerome the gnome is uh, a no a black gnome that I found in Target, and it, I feel like when I found Jerome, that was like the last time I looked. But generally, when the spring inventory is getting swapped in, the gnomes are put out. And because of the scarcity of the black gnome, you got to get in there quick <laughs> and get it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I wanted to have a garden accessory that looked like me. What, you know, if, if I was a white person, then I wouldn't have any issue with finding, you know, the fairies and all that stuff. And so I got Jerome, whatever year I got him, it was a couple of years ago, you know, Life has been lifing, so it's hard to keep up. But Jerome is currently uh, also in the care of Ashley, my plant sitter, and Jerome is doing well. And um, as far as the diversity in the plant space goes, oh my God. So I'm like bursting with excitement because I'm excited to just indicate or not indicate, but talk about the fact that our beloved plant queen, who was also a guest on Bloom and Grow, Yes, I recently announced that uh, 
the You Grow Girl book that's coming out. And um, that brings me so much joy because I'm like, yes, another botanical book offering. I feel like, did you interview Baronda Montgomery? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I'm gosh, in love with her. I gotta go listen to that. So we had a beautiful conversation. The author of lessons from plants. Of course. So that book is out there. So, you know, when I'm thinking about what the representation and everything is looking like my first, the first place that I look is in the media, but I am, I've also become aware of so many other. Oh, and by the way, I got to get Baronda on my show. Here's a fun, quick little story. So I remember getting ready to go and put out the episode that I assumed that I recorded with Baronda. I was looking through my files and I was like, Baronda, I don't see. And then I realized it's like we talked and I know we talked on Instagram live, but I didn't realize that we didn't record. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every podcaster's nightmare. That was the weirdest <laughs> I've totally been there before. Ever happened. And I was just looking for it and, and we didn't get a chance to actually schedule it just because of the way that life was happening. But um, yeah, that was an interesting one. But yeah, so hey, Miranda. But, you know, of course she has her book, Lessons from My Plants. I don't want to say it wrong, but, you know, it's in the show. Lessons book. from Plants. Yes, Lessons from Plants. Yeah. And beautiful book. But so media wise, there is that representation that is, you know, more and more uh, books are coming out. And of course, uh, I also look to social media and I see that the plant community, the Black plant community, my soil cousins, we are definitely in bloom. Two years is enough time to be able to tell like who is building their platform in a way that is when the plants come into your life and you get into this space where you're discussing them, especially growing into a plant fluencer, you recognize that there are opportunities for you to make a living for yourself, whether it starts with the side hustle and turns into like this full-blown thing like you and I, or however you go about it, making a few extra dollars or something. But I'm just thinking about just right off the top of my head is Nia and she lives um, not too far from you. She's in the Bronx and she- The Bloom Journey, shout out. She's on my list of uh, bucket list guests for this year for Bloom and Grow. So y'all will hear from her very soon. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of uh, spending some time with her when I made it up to the Bronx and I celebrated my two-year anniversary of Black in the Garden. She was very instrumental in organizing that. So I want to shout out to her. But in just seeing what she's done with her platform and knowing her and, and, you know, being a, a good friend of hers, I also understand that she's you know, just trying to find her way and figure out like, hmm, how can I turn this into something where I get to make a living for myself? So I guess I'd say that to say that in just discussing currently what's happening with Black people in in horticulture and in the horticultural space and the representation and everything, it's opening up opportunities for us to mm -hmm. get access to the freedom that you have when you are able to have control over your life as an entrepreneur. So I'm excited about that for us and in those opportunities, specifically around like growing in influencership and turning that into something like that's what happened with Plant Queen. Is it not? Absolutely. Another person I've been really inspired by lately, who I actually just reached out to, I hope he'll come on the show is Planter Rob. I mean, he launched a freaking, he has a plant shop now. Like he's doing and amazing that's things. Actually, where we hosted. Yeah. Oh, right. That's where you hosted your your thing in yeah. his in his plant shop. So full circle. Full circle. I love how that came. Uh, yes, absolutely. Planter Rob, and he's actually one of my inspirations because I remember he got started with selling his plants online, and that was before I ever put out any kind of merch. And I remember when I was getting ready to figure out like, how do I do this? And I'm starting to realize, oh, you got to do this on your website and you got to do the photography of the products and you got to have your, you know, your fulfillment ability and so on and so forth. And I remember specifically asking him, what label printer do you use? <laughs> Stuff like that, like all these little details. So he definitely was um, inspirational to me. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. 
And so the other thing that I that I definitely want to indicate is concerning, you know, what's happening presently with Black people in horticulture is I'm learning more about, see, my focus, because I spend so much time on social media, tends to be around like what's happening with in the influencer space with, you know, Black people and plants. But I'm learning more about, you know, going back to that diasporic perspective, people in other countries, like uh, in the UK, for example, there is a woman who was the first to win the fir- the Chelsea Flower Show. And I'm trying to recall her name. I can't. We'll drop it in the show right. notes if we if, if yeah. she doesn't pop in. I can't recall it just off the top of my head, but um, she won the she was the first black woman to win the Chelsea Flower Show. And then coming back over to the States, I'm also remembering Wambui. I feel like I'm saying it right. That's her name. And she won in the Pennsylvania Horticultural. Last year, she won the title for that. Yeah. And I I was, you know, sourcing her for a guest and we had a conversation. We had like that pre-interview. So yeah, in that regard, we are definitely doing well in, in the horticultural space well enough to take these titles in, in these um, really prestigious organizations or what do we call these? Like the Royal Horticultural Society, Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. These yeah. Organizations, societies. large uh, nationally, internationally recognized organizations. Yeah. So that kind of recognition uh, and just seeing all of that. And that is a good indication as to the fact that we are really out here doing amazing things. And one other person that I have to mention, because this is my mentor, is Abra Lee. Are you familiar with her? I don't think I am. She's so incredible. I interviewed her, but uh, the production of it all, I didn't get to put the episode out yet. Okay. But um, it's A-B-R-A. Abra Lee, the thing that stood out the most to me about her when I went to seek her out as a guest is that she was the uh, director of horticulture at the um, Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta. Huge international airport. Lots of acreage there. And uh, back around 2012, she was in that position for about five years. And so when I found out about her, I was just like, whoa, you did what? That's incredible. A Black woman did that. And then I went and I, you know, uh, reached out to her and she was just, she's so kind and so warm. And so like, let me tell you all about. And, And so her whole focus and this is right in alignment with what we're talking about. Her whole focus is emphasizing the history of like Black garden clubs and societies in history and really going like literally into people's homes and attics and archives and digging up these stories and facts because it turns out that when we consider some of the like really well-established in historical botanical sites, um, like these botanical gardens that I'm uh, talking about visiting, and even like places like the White House and stuff, there were Black people who were building and cultivating, who were responsible for pulling that together and, and having horticultural expertise. I will just say that in conversations that I've had with my international uh, soil cousins and, and Black people particularly in the UK, I've come to understand that even over there with, of course, we understand that those gardens are super old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're talking about like Kew Gardens mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And uh, these places and, you know, Black people were part of the the foundational building and the cultivation of those spaces. And so they are definitely worth knowing about. But those stories have to are still being unearthed. So I want to definitely give a big shout out to uh, someone specifically like Abra Lee, who is very diligently doing that work. And she'll be putting out a book, I believe, this year or next. Amazing. All right. Well, you've given me someone new to follow. I love it. And I can't wait till you release that episode. I can't wait to listen to you interview her and learn more, more about her. I can't not say this because life has just been lifing so hard mm-hmm. and all of the transition that I've mentioned, you know, I, it's affected the flow of how I'm 
doing my show and my podcast. And because your attention, it gets divided in such a way where as much as I'm diligently devoted to and passionate about the production of my show, I am also just growing as this person and, you know, having these conversations and experiences. And so just pulling it all together, the future is, is full of opportunities and options for all the stories that I get to tell. Absolutely. 2021, we planted seeds. They're going to grow in 2022. All of so many seeds. If I don't just do take every opportunity in this interview to do some sort of planty metaphor. (laughs) Absolutely. Because what's happening is, you know, the more we're planting, the more abundance we will harvest. The germinate. Yeah, exactly. The better we'll get the germination rate or we'll get a chance of germinating. So in, in the theme of, we kind of talked about the future as well with these people that we're talking about. And of course, we'll link to everyone that you mentioned, and we'll definitely throw the book links as well to Christopher's pre-order and Baranda's book. But um, Black in the Garden, I mean, you've turned, I think we've, it's been fun. We've both kind of figured, like we've been stumbling through plantrepreneurship and and figuring out what turning a podcast into a full-time business looks like in the last couple of years. And now you're more than just a podcast. You have a book that oh, I'm holding. Hey. The listeners can't listen, can't see it. Look but, at um, you. Yes. You have a book. You have been doing live meetups. So talk to me about, we need to know, obviously we've learned a little bit about Black in the Garden podcast, but we need to know a little bit about Black in the Garden, a coloring experience and you know, the whole process for you of getting the book idea into getting it into plant shops because you are your publisher with this book. You didn't get a book publishing deal. This was an idea that you had that you made happen. So please, please tell us a little bit about it. It's so beautiful. I was thumbing through it today. It's, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, I'm absolutely a self-published creative or creator. I don't really care which one you use. And I had to get specific about that because I was going to say, when I was thinking about it and, you know, kind of drafting something up, I was like, I'm not an author as, as a creator of a coloring book. I didn't write a book. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but all the same, uh, I didn't care that it wasn't getting published. That wasn't the point. You know, it wasn't that I was saying, oh, I need someone to validate, to this. validate. Yeah. I said, Hey, I have this concept that I know is incredible. I have this coloring book that I know is going to resonate with so many people and I'm going to put it out there. And um, I just, I had the, the art as illustrated by the incredible Paula Champagne, who is my illustrator and, and is responsible for the, the um, visual brand of Black in the Garden. And it was just living on Instagram. And I was like, that's, that's, that's not good enough. What more can we do so that the art can be engaged with? And as, the more I thought about it as I was developing the coloring book and thinking about the way that it would be received by children, or at least my vision for how it would be received by children, I was like, wow, this is an incredible opportunity for kids to consider how they can be in the garden. And, and I'm thinking about Black kids just because I know as a visionary thinker that in order for the horticultural space being as white as it is to have more Black people in it and in careers and things like that, in these botanical gardens and botanical media or whatever the case may be, or just in the science of of it all, they would need to start by being inspired when they're young so that they can decide this is what is important to me and this is what I want to do. And so having something like a coloring book is a way that they can tap into that inspiration by seeing, oh, wow, this book is specifically indicating that it's Black people in the garden and these are people. I'm able to color these faces brown or however I want to color them, but I'm seeing these features that look like myself and and my people. And so that is my favorite part. I love it. Also, the way that the book is designed, I have to say, absolutely, everything you said about children is so important, but the book is so like 
curated. I feel like also adult coloring is very in right now with being meditative and being for stress relief. It's really just beautiful to look at. And I feel like adults who like to color as well. I was even just thumbing through, you have obviously your beautiful illustrations, but then you have a lot of really inspiring quotes from different guests of your podcast. And I was like, oh, I need to color one of these quotes and put it on my vision board. I love that so much. Yes. Please send me a picture of that when you do, but absolutely. Because I definitely emphasize the intergenerational factor, which is, it's very real that a child and their grandparent could color this together, you know, and it doesn't just have to be Black people, anybody, you know, because like it's important for non-Black people to be engaging with it because everybody really needs to remember that it's not just white people out here doing this. You know what I'm saying? That's always at the basis of what I'm trying to get across. Listening to your stories has really helped me identify my privilege and experience in the gardening industry as a white person. Mm-hmm. Black people have been metaphorically coloring white people in coloring books, especially in the gardening industry for how many years, right? So why why shouldn't I be coloring in your coloring book, right? It's only right. fair and it's that's I think that's maybe what needs to happen in order to just kind of even things out. And I don't mean to say yeah. that in a to oversimplify, but does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing that you said was inappropriate. That's that that's how you show your vulnerability and mm-hmm. just discussing like, Hey, this is something that I'm excited about because it gives me yet another opportunity to, you know, step outside of my, my privilege and, and really engage with something that is, you know, different from that's, that's a part of what is required for any white person that wants to be more like socially aware and just make those internal changes that are necessary for them to show up in the world and really, you know, take part in what needs to be taken part in to balance out and to, you know, go forward in a more positive way as far as creating more harmony and undoing some of the injustices or, you know, eradicating ultimately the injustices. It does start from within. Yeah. And known and unknown bias as well, you know. The bias, that's what it is. You're you're coloring, you're just trying to color through some of the bias. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I and I'm not trying to oversimplify when I say that because it's it's very important to indicate that obviously a coloring book does not end racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was that simple, I would have like 10 of them out. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point that you're making is create you created a product that you felt like needed to be in the space to help children see themselves. That's so beautiful and important and it's awesome. So, you know, now you're the black in the garden podcast, you've got the book. I know you have a big goal to get the book in as many plant shops as possible, as many bookshops as possible. So if anybody's listening, wants to sell the book, please let Cola know. So that brings us to the future. Yes. We've kind of talked about who you see as the kind of future, you know, plant entrepreneurs, plant fluencers in the Black horticulture space or in the horticulture space showing up. You shared with me that in this next season of Black in the Garden, you're focusing and kind of reframing. The title of this episode is the theme for your next season. Can you share a little bit of your motivation for why you're shifting towards this, exploring the past, present, and future? Absolutely, because what I needed was structure. I was making the episodes, but it was based around okay, here's an interesting person. Here's an interesting guest that I want to have a conversation with so that I can highlight this Black person Mm -hmm. doing this botanical thing. And I realized in these conversations, the theme basically was derived from what happened in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so as a producer, I determined I want to be more specific about sharing information and adding value to my listeners kind of de-emphasizing the guest format and the conversation format. So going 
into this season. I'm not saying this is how it will be forever and permanently, but, you know, as podcast hosts, we always have the liberty to, you know, kind of change and tweak our structure and our format. So what I determined is I just want to share more information and I want to be more specific about like going in and doing research and development and getting facts together and presenting that. And so emphasizing the uh, past present and future as the structure for the theme of where the next season will go. And so what that allows me to do is discuss people, events, places, and and what I'm most excited about is making connections between plants Mm. and things like technology and architecture and so many other things like social justice. But the connection between the plants and the people and, and various, you know, themes, but with the emphasis on, you know, how it affects Black people and how Black people are involved in it mm-hmm. in reference to the past and the present and the future. Mm-hmm. So I felt really clever. I was just like, wow, I love look it. at you. That's just another sign of growth in the development of Black in the Garden. So that's speaks to the future of where it's going. And um, I'm literally... I have the outlines and stuff. I've also hired a comedic writer so we can make it fun and interesting and funny. And that's where it's going. Fun. I totally see that being developed into a book. I'm dropping that seed right now. I received it. Yeah. I love that. Well, everyone should go listen to Cola on Black in the Garden podcast. But before we close out, when we're looking towards the future, you're so much more than a podcast now. You're a plant fluencer, a social media brand. You're yeah. a podcast. You've got this book. So what can we look forward to seeing you grow into in, in 2022 and beyond? Well, I love that you said everything that you just said. And you reminded me just last night when I was in conversation on a Twitter space with my good friend who was a guest, Alexander Hardy. He was indicating that Black in the Garden is growing into a lifestyle brand. So. That for sure. Television, you know, I would love to really just produce more podcasts. I'm going to be totally honest and transparent for the year. I I just want to be great. You know, I want to go and plant a tree in every state, but I don't have this like very specific structured idea or goal for the entire year because I've started to really prioritize just making like these quarterly goals. So my first And most important goal for 2022 is to successfully execute on this mission of planting a tree in every state and making history as the first Black woman to do it. Yes. I love that. Wow. (laughs) Hey, that's what a beautiful way to, to wrap it up. And whether it's you announced this before, you know, this episode launches or after, we'll definitely make sure that our listener community knows about it. And um, amazing. Well, we'll have to have you back in a year or two to do another catch up. I'm having so many podcasters on the show lately, and it's just been so fun. <laughs> it's so nice to we have know other what podcasts. We're doing. We know what we're doing. It's so nice. And uh, it's fun to have all of these plant podcasters kind of just showing up every couple of years. Um, Thank you for the education that you've given us. Thank you for your vulnerability. Can't wait to listen to that episode with April Lee when you release it. Where can everyone find you on all the internet spaces, all the social medias? All the things. Okay. So let's start with the source because I'm excited to have my website doing what it's supposed to do now, which is blkinthegarden.com. So that's the central source where you can find the links to my socials being Instagram primarily where, you know, that's where all the moving and shaking is happening at Black in the Garden there. Twitter is Black in the Garden, but there's no I in N. It's a long story. We don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) And YouTube, Black in the Garden, you know, we're always trying to expand across all these platforms, but it's like, who's going to do all the work? Yep. Don't I know it? (laughs) So those are the main um, places where you can find me online. And of course, the podcast is everywhere you can find Blooming Grow Radio. You can find Black in the Garden. You can find Black in the Garden. Because if you're plugged in as a podcast listener, Soil Cousin, then you know how to find podcasts. Totally. Give it a quick Google or uh, type it into your favorite podcast player. Yeah. And ask your auntie Google. She wants you to find it. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Thank you, Cola. It was a treat as always. And can't wait to see what you do in 2022. Love, light, and soil. Love, light, and soil. <laughs> keep blooming, keep growing in love, light, and soil. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cola, for joining us. I'm so proud of her. It's been so fun to watch her grow. Check out Black in the Garden podcast. I know the next season is airing soon. In the time that we did the interview, she was still putting together her tree planting efforts, but all of the follow-up information about her seed planting efforts are in the show notes. Um, so check it out if you are interested in supporting her or getting involved. Thanks again to our episode sponsors, Territorial Seed Company and Espoma. Their links are in the show notes if you need to purchase their products to get your growing season going. So until next time, plant friends, I hope you have beautifully planty weeks. I hope you can disconnect from screens, reconnect with yourself, reconnect with nature through your plants this week. And until next time, I hope that you keep blooming and keep growing. Plant friend, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, make sure that you're subscribed to the show on your preferred podcast player so you never miss an episode. And while you're there subscribing, if you wouldn't mind clicking over to the review section and leaving us a review, that would be tremendous. Reviews are so helpful for the growth of the podcast, so thank you so much in advance. If you're looking for more opportunities to grow as a plant parent with Bloom and Grow content, we have so many fun options for you that I want to tell you about. First off, there is the free Bloom and Grow Plant Parent Personality Test. It's free, it's super fun, and it only takes three minutes to complete. You take the test and you get your plant parent personality profile. And with that, you get a list of your strengths and weaknesses as a plant parent. And most importantly, my curated list of plants, projects, and podcast episodes that are perfectly suited for you and your planty interests based on your results. The test lives at bloomandgrowradio.com personality and can always be found in the show notes of this episode. Okay, plant friends, here's the really good stuff. If you are looking to really grow and up-level your plant parent skills this year, I cordially and proudly invite you to join the Bloom and Grow Virtual Garden Society, rooted in high-quality education and plant community. Plant friends, this is not your grandma's garden society. It's virtual and therefore connects you with plant friends around the world, accessed via our proprietary garden party platform and app, and has the best educational and community-based content and resources available to anyone. When you join, you get immediate access to the entire Bloom and Grow Garden Party platform and app, which is our exclusive space off social media, algorithm-free, troll-free, with tons of amazing ways to meet other plant parents like you, like regional groups, daily conversation prompts, and even a plant swap space, which is pretty cool. And in addition to that, you get all of the exclusive premium society content, which is three monthly live calls with myself and our horticulturist in residence and beloved Bloom and Grow radio guest, Leslie Halleck all in the interest of helping you grow. Leslie hosts monthly Node of Knowledge plant science lectures and monthly office hours, which we call AHAs or Ask Our Horticulturist Anythings, where you can troubleshoot your personal plant collection problems with her. Think about that. You have access to a horticulturist to troubleshoot your personal plant care issues. So amazing. And then I host monthly Growing Joy calls for community development and to explore the plant care, self-care aspect of plant parenthood. Plus, when you join, you not only get access to the upcoming live calls, but you get full access to all of the replays of previous calls and lectures, like the Science of Plant Dormancy or Grow Lights 101 and beyond. So you can binge your way to your best year yet of plant parenthood. Please come join us. We're having so much fun. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting jointhegardensociety.com. For anything else, plant friend, I'm here for you. Feel free to drop me a line when you have an idea for an episode, an event, or even if you're a planty business interested in sponsoring the show. And of course, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily planty silliness, musings, and behind the scenes podcast content. Thank you again for listening to Bloom and Grow Radio. It is my true honor and delight to always help you keep blooming and keep growing. plant friends, propagate knowledge, and grow some freaking joy. That's the motto of the Growing Joy Garden Society app and platform, otherwise known as the plantiest and kindest corner of the internet. If you've been an OG listener or a longtime listener, you might also know this app and platform as the Bloom and Grow Garden Party, but with the rebrand, we've rebranded it to the Growing Joy Garden Society. 
No trolls allowed, kind plant friends only. And if you haven't heard about the society yet, Plant Friend, you got to join. It's my online community that you can access via iOS or Android app or on your computer that I built to connect our international community of plant friends so we can all nerd out together about plants and celebrate our passion for our beloved plant babies. We have members literally all over the world. I'm so in love with this community of sweet plant friends. I can't say enough amazing things about them. But also there's a lot of really cool features about the app you might be interested in. There's dedicated hashtags to all sorts of different subsects of planty passions like houseplants, gardening, plant-inspired DIY projects, growing joy, plants and pets, and so many more. There's a plantrepreneur group. So if you're a planty entrepreneur and you want to connect with other planty entrepreneurs, you can join that group to connect and network. There's a plant swap section. Plus, the entire app, and this is my favorite part, is entirely searchable. So say you want to learn more about Hoya, you type the word Hoya into the search bar and literally every post ever created about Hoya will pop up so you can click in, see what other people have been posting about Hoya and learn on your own and crowdsource hair information. It's so cool. But last but not least, it's an amazing way to support the show. Your monthly membership not only goes to sustaining the platform, but it also supports my team of editors, writers, and a community manager that help the world of Bloom and Grow keep growing. So come join us. All you got to do is go to jointhegardensociety.com and sign up for the community plan. Once again, you go to jointhegardensociety.com and click the community plan. Hot take plant friends, there is no one right starter plant. There, I said it. And you know what? While I'm at it, there are also no real plant killers in the world. There are just people who have not figured out their right plants for their lifestyle. This is why I created the free Plant Parent Personality Test, because Plant Friend, I want you to get thriving alongside your houseplants as quickly as possible, so I made this cutie little Plant Parent Personality Quiz that's totally free for you on my website to take the guesswork out of building your plant collection effortlessly and joyfully. After speaking to thousands of members in our community, I realized that there are about five key plant parent personalities, each one with their unique set of strengths, weaknesses, and a unique set of plants that thrive under their care. For example, a mindful plant parent, someone who wants to engage with their plants daily, use them in their morning routines. If someone gifted that plant parent a succulent and they watered it every day, that succulent would die immediately. However... That drought-resistant succulent is a perfect match for a low-key plant parent, which is someone who travels, has kids, is busy, doesn't have time to engage with their plants every day. They're looking to engage with their plants more like once a week or once every couple of weeks. In addition, obviously, to understanding your light and basic plant care that we provide on this podcast, Happy Plant Parenthood is all about discovering your personality and then picking the right house plants to go with it. It's that simple. No more stressing over your collection. So what plant parent personality type are you, plant friend? All you got to do to find out is take my free quiz on my website and let me know. You can access it at growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality. After taking the test, you'll get an email with a list of plants, podcast episodes, and planty projects that I think would light you specifically up like a full spectrum grow light. So once again, that's growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality for your free plant parent personality test results. Mm-hmm. 